0: Welcome to Do a Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Bless your name for what you're doing. We thank you for what you will do. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. Father, we say let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that your grace will continually be upon us. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we are prayed. Amen. At, um, we are looking at maximizing seasons. Maximizing seasons. And these this, this are quite some things that is very close to my heart because, see, one of the things God has been saying to us, especially in the month, he, he, in fact, it looks like, you know. Month of September and October, God has just been, you know, for me as a person, when when God is saying some something, either from people giving prophecy, somebody in trance saying that God is saying this and that and things like that. I and I'm always adding it to what he said somewhere else, because God will always, God doesn't just speak in isolation. You know, that would be a pattern to what He's saying. When you think that God speaks in hallucination, you are calling him a madman. Is a, is somebody that would is a madman, is somebody that would say something, and the next sentence will not be colorating to the first one. So, so when you when one of the things I just want to see is that is that, and it seemed like October, September has always just been popping up. Either either people have dreams, or somebody has a vision from Nigeria, or somebody's in trance, or or things like that. So so you know, and and one of the things that is important, especially when people are around this kind of season, is is knowing how to maximize God's presence. Is knowing how to maximize God's presence. You know, when when we started off this church, there was you know. Um, uh, Different thoughts and opinions, but 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 there was a particular person, a prophet, who came to talk to me, and he said he said somebody said something to him about the church, and you know he contribute he said certain things, and when he got to my God said to him, if you dare sleep, <laughs> he said well, what he said, and God said, go and meet that boy and confess whatever you said. So he came and we're talking. And we'll, uh, that's not even the interesting thing. One interesting thing which he said to me was that he now quoted a scripture which is um, which is Genesis chapter chapter um, uh, chapters 28, 16 to 17. He said, and then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I do not know. Now this is the part that he he quoted verse 17, said, I was he was afraid, and he said, How awesome in this place? There is no other place. No this is none other than the house of God. Now, but the gate of heaven. This verse seventeen is wonderful. But you know what, verse 16 matters a lot because God was in a place and he had no clue what was happening. Then I was saying, then, then in as much as he was saying that, you know, this is the scripture that God gave him. God has already spoken ahead of time. If you, if you notice the, previous, the uh, uh, previous location, when you come, in, there's a sign somewhere there at, the, at the door that says that this is the house of God, the gates of heaven. So I showed him, I said, you know, this is what God is saying. God is just one. But however, what struck me and had been in my heart for a very long time is this verse 16, is that if God is saying this is the house of God, he's also saying, if he's quoted this scripture, what he's also saying is that people would be here and have no clue what's going on. Or they would not know how to tap to it. And I think that this is, this is important. As we begin to understand who God is and how He does His things. So we we'll look at let's if you look at Matthew chapter thirteen, let's go straight because of our time. Matthew chapter thirteen, my timekeeper is not here today. Amen. Um, Matthew, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse forty-four. He says that. And the gate of heaven, sorry, and, and the kingdom of, God, of heaven is like a hidden, a treasure hidden in a field. This is where I want to start from, is that the things of God is hidden. That is why you had in that Genesis, when we were saying, God is here and I did not know. The things, okay, the major things of God, the depth of it, is not always on the surface. That is why it is called treasure. Anything you see on the road is not treasure. If pounds was everywhere, on the road, everywhere, it is it's, it is not valuable. I did a bit of economics. When when your currency, that is why some countries, they use currency as toilet truth in their toilets. Why? Because it is it has no value. So when the currency has no value, when something has no value, if you if it's something that you can just walk up to and just pick up like that, then the value of that treasure is is if it, it is not a treasure. So, God, Jesus was saying, that I said, this is how the kingdom of God works. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do, but it just means that things are concealed. And there are ways by which people get access to them. So, when God is saying, September is going to be a wonderful year, October is going to be a- and things like that. Thank you. I, 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 and things like that, people will begin to discover that, you know, so much of these things are not just on, on the plain surface. Proverbs 25 22, 22, 25, 22 says, it is the glory of God. You can also point put here, it is the nature of God to conceal a thing. That is how God behaves. For you now to think that, you know, oh, God is just, he will just he will just open up everything. You, you are basically saying that his character is... You, you you are avid an opinion of him that doesn't exist. That's why when Jesus was talking, Jesus will say that I will come in like a thief in the night. There is no thief that tells you I'm coming at social time, except some places in Nigeria. that A, a thief will come and say, well, you know, I'm coming here, pack your whatever it is, put it at the door so that will, we will not disturb your sleep. Amen. So that's why, so when Jesus is, when the scripture is saying these things, God is trying to make you understand something about Him. That even if you think you have a clue of what God is doing, most of the things you think you have a clue of is very minimal in what He has an intention. And those are the things that we would. Be looking at. You know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 47, God said, Jesus said, He said, He said, God, see, opportunities are for everybody. God will say, you know, he, he the way he does it to the good, especially when rain falls, now rain does not split itself. And you understand, and this is one thing that people need to understand. God is the God of every human being. He created everyone, but he's a father to few. And once you begin to understand his role as a father versus his role as God, you begin to understand how he works. Now, the Queen of England is expected, she has a role towards the country, but the way she deals with her children is different. It doesn't, doesn't mean that, but if they go against the laws of the land, they would get fined. So the problem with Christians is that they don't know where the father-son relationship ends. So they just, everything is, uh, it is my father that holds the, holds the world. That's why you keep getting in trouble. <laughs> because he has, there is a nature of him as a father and there is also his responsibility as God. You know, I used to say it, you know, you you God promises you that you know you become the CEO or the, the chief executive of your of your workplace. And each time they send memo of what is happening at work, you will delete it. And you expect God to promote you. How does how is that possible? Because he has a responsibility to everybody working in that place as God that they should hit. So if you now say that because you are my child, and now promote inefficiency, that's where we are. Where we are here. Where we are. Where that's why we are there. Where we are. Where we come from. I know some Jamaicans are. He you know, didn't come today. Amen. You cannot try to say that is that that, that is the truth. So you need to understand and I'll be showing us from the scriptures how it's important, how Jesus himself lived his life in order to ensure that, you know, when God makes a promise, he knows how to react. He knows how to make sure he maximizes it or else you would just have prophecy upon prophecy upon prophecy. i was saying to them in Lagos, you know, see, some people's prophecy is bigger than this, this Bible loads of it <laughs> hallelujah god help us in Jesus name so let's go to first Corinthians. of first Chronicles. now I just want to if we can have a look at this this scripture is, is quite longer than I just kind of Put that bit out. It's like David was was arranging people for war and things he wanted to do. Now, please, if you look at this, let's just just for time's sake. Verse thirty-one says, and half of the tribe of Manasseh, eighteen thousand, who were who were designated by name sorry by name to come and um, to come and make." David king. Now, verse 32. The sons of Issachar who understood the times and know what Israel ought to do and their chiefs were 200 and all the brethren were, um, that, that were commanded. Zebulun had 50,000 uh, 50, and they, were, they, were, they all went out to battle. Expats with all weapons of war and things like that. Now, if you look at these numbers, you have 52,000 here. You have 18,000 there. Just have 200. These people had a different skill. The skill was that they understand things and they know what to do. These ones are 50,000. They, they, they are experts in war. You know, they used to call them, uh, they used to say in way we call You know, when they tell the grand uh, they, just, they just go. That's <laughs> how you know what I'm trying to say? And they came them with their multitudes. So what I'm trying to point out to you is this is that yeah, is and it is key, the Bible place places value. On not only understanding things but knowing how to react to them. How to react to them. Now, if you go to Luke chapter one, just next scriptures, Luke chapter no, yeah. Luke chapter one verse eighty. This is about John the Baptist. Do you know that John the Baptist was when he was born, he was at the time he was taken to he was in the wilderness for years. But because he was in the wilderness, the Bible says, so the boy grew and became strong in the spirit. You think that because he became strong in the spirit, God will say, okay, it is time for ministry. The Bible says, but he was still in the he was in the desert still, uh, t- sorry, till the day of his manifestation. So this guy was very powerful. It was God had groomed him, but God was saying, you know what? You will stay in the desert for now. One thing you need to know is that God is not, not in an hurry. God is interested in quality rather than the quantity. So God is saying, you No, know, know, this boy spent at least on the average of our 20, maybe 20 years in the wilderness, or 15 years in the wilderness, because it takes 30, they have to be 30 before the, the manifestation time comes. But in that place, as as powerful as the power was rushing inside his body, it was in the desert. <laughs> Who was he putting into? hands? When Jesus was, Jesus also, the same thing you had, we, they were killing people, in uh what's it called now in in e- Egypt people were dying on a daily basis God did not say okay because people are dying we are Moses go and start work it took him out for another 40 years because character had to be built does that make sense God help us in Jesus name now go back to that Romans chapter 12. Thank you. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as a holy and acceptable sacrifice, which is a reasonable sacrifice. He said, Do not be conformed to this world, but by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, uh, and, acceptable and the perfect will of God. The only way you can discern things going on is the dev- how well your body, your mind is developed how well you can put yourself under control. That is why he said sacrifice first before you can know what to do at a particular time. Before you can know what to do at a particular time. And I'll give us a couple of examples as we go through it. One is David. Samuel chapter 1. He says, and... Samuel took the horn and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forth. So as soon as that oil came upon David, David was already powerful. And the Bible says that so he went and went to Ramah. Yes, let's go to the next one, please. 18. Now, I'm just keeping that scripture source, I just, just have um, an overview of it. He says, then one of the servants said, Look, I have seen the sons, the, a son of Jesse, who is skillful in playing, mighty man of valor and a man of war, prudent in speech and handsome. And the Lord is look at the way it is set. The first, the last thing they are they noticed was the anointing. The first few things they noticed was his character. No matter how God anointed him, the thing that opened the door for him is not anointing him. It is his character. So, at times when God is saying, you see, there are opportunities that fly by people like this. And they have no clue. Because they are still expecting God to show them by the spirit. That's why I started by saying, this is the nature of God. When, when Samuel was going to leave him, Samuel did not say, you know you have to go and serve somewhere. He didn't say that, he just anointed him. David knew he was king because there are only two people that they anoint in the whole testament, the prophet and the king. So the fact that when Samuel anointed, Samuel did not say, come, let us go to the tabernacle. That means he's anointed for, king, for, for rulership. Now, if you go on to the next verse 21, it said, So David came to Saul and he stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his hammer bearer. One of the things that you need to understand is that, and I would, I would, I will use Jesus as, as an example as we draw this to a close. Is that if David had got there, got there and said, uh, uh, what, what did he say is wrong with you? You have evil spirits. <laughs> why would you not have evil spirit? You just misbehave. Just misbehave. That's why God has anointed us. So let me play for you. See <laughs> the Bible, this is not anointing that he loved him, he was respectful. I used to say something. There was a time when the woman has gone to meet with the Lord now. In the previous church we were in, or I was part of the church started. I was teaching Bible study. So when this man came, he said, so he saw me teaching. So he went to meet his wife. His wife didn't come to church that, that day. He went to meet his wife. So he told his wife, I said, I went to a church today. Young boy, see how he's teaching the scriptures. And things and things like that. Now, because they come from this um, uh, very loved C N S kind of way of um, uh, doing things that, you know, once somebody knows a bit of scripture, they begin to walk in the sky. (laughs) You get what I'm trying to say? So, So, when he came the next Sunday, he saw me sweeping. It was like, what is going on here? That was what made him and his wife come to church. I had no clue what was going on. Babaladura came to that church. So he now saw him. Did they invite you also to the program? He said, no, this is my church. I said, what do you mean this is your church? Nobody knew that man was a pastor of a church. He said, you know what, I I still have a lot. When he came, he was sitting at the back in the church. When his wife was going to pass, his wife said, I don't know what you want to do when I'm leaving. But make sure that this boy, that you have, let us just keep following. All I'm saying to you is that it wasn't scripture that that drew him to Christ. He was character, my sisters and brothers, my mothers and sisters. It is, God help us in Jesus' name. So he had an opportunity. See, if you, no matter what you are seeing, if God shows you everything, what he has shown you is a little bit of the process he has for you. Because if he shows you everything, then he has failed someone like David. Who he did not say anything to of how your process will be. But once we begin to understand what God, how to, how to, how was David able to find his way into the palace? It was character. So the opportunities would always come. Let's see again in Samuel chapter 18. Then he finished speaking with Saul and the soul of Jonathan was knit to David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So Saul took him for that day and he said, you know, I will not let you go to your father's house again. And Jonathan made a covenant with David. See, if, (laughs) if David had gone there and be... You know, Jonathan, you see Jonathan would just say oh. see, you know that David was anointed as king. Jonathan was supposed to be the person that would take over after him. For Jonathan to be comfortable in the with with David, it was character. Let's um, let's read on. He said, and then it took us. And, and, and so the Bible says, verse five. So David went wherever Saul sent him to. He behaved wisely. This is the same boy that was anointed. He had a clue that God had called him. He said, go and do this. He said, wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what are you talking about here? <laughs> You know, This is the challenge about scriptures. People read a lot of these and we don't try to read things properly in the context. That's why no matter how much prayers, you, you know, like the, I used to say to people, people say, Solomon prayed for wisdom. Oh, you yeah, are close your eyes and pray for wisdom. <laughs> God help us. All those prayers. When Solomon prayed for wisdom, ask for wisdom. Solomon was sleeping. It was in his sleep that God came to meet him and said, what do you want? If God come to meet you in your own sleep, what will you ask for? You first say, daddy, ah, you know. <laughs> I know you have sent me to go and bless you, but I need I need money. I need to change my right. I need to change this. I need to change that. Eh, so why? You know, who, who are you deceiving? Oh, God, Solomon asked of it. God said, no, you to go and sleep. Let me come and ask you. <laughs> because it is your spirit. That would tell the truth of what is in your mind. So no matter how you stand, and say, "Oh, Solomon asked for wisdom. God, I asked for wisdom." God will say, "You don't understand what's happening." He said, "I did not ask for money. God, say, I do not ask for money, but I asked for wisdom. That's what Solomon, just as Solomon did." And God is saying, "Go on and sleep. Let us see. Let us see what is what is what will come out of your mouth." Amen. See, there are some things that we engage in as Christians. We quote scriptures and we pray, and God just says, "Gabriel, when they are ready, let us (laughs) let us come back." God help us in Jesus' name. So, first Samuel, let's just read. So, you you see a part whereby David Saul wanted to kill David. If David had not built a relationship with Jonathan. That king he wants to become, he will never be. Why? Because Saul will have killed him. The Bible says that, and David, David. Uh, sorry, and, and now Saul spoke to Jonathan, and he said, uh, Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan said, but, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So, Jonathan told David, saying, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, please guard yourself until morning. Stay in a secret place. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where in the field where you are, and I'll speak with my father about you. I, then, then I would observe what he would tell me. It was relationship. If David had been carrying anointing, he would have been dead because. He burns bridges. Sorry, Because, you know, these are biblical principles that we need to understand as we go on as a Christian in order to get to where God God, God has called you to be. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You have someone like Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was a tax collector and a rich man. You know, for him to climb the tree is <laughs> as if Bill Gates is sitting, or which one? Richard Brownson in London, or Alan Sugar. And somebody, a Capitalist boy, is coming, and he now climbs on the tree, you can see. You will have said, Excuse me. Um, give him the car, let him come around and see me. You know, at times we read scriptures, we don't <laughs> you know the Bible says he was a rich man and he was the head of all the tax collectors, so he had money, but he went on the tree, and Jesus said, You know what? I've seen you. Why did he not miss his opportunity? Character. Character is person. See, one of the things why I'm so passionate about these things is that, you know, I was, when I was in, in Uniden, um, in Osu, one of my friends went to redemption camp. And he came back and said, ah, but I saw buildings. Oh, CRS doesn't have anything. Hey, and things like that. And because many years before, I had had a dream. And I in that dream, I came out, summary of it, I came out singing a song which sings, I would build God's house, I will build God's house. Solomon built his own, I will build mine. I was just, just entering high station there. So when he said it. About three, four years, he, he grieved my spirit. I went out, I was praying. God, I need you to use me to build mighty buildings for you. He said to me that morning, don't build me build buildings, build me people. So said, when you build people, they will build my kingdom. If you build buildings now, one day you'll be empty because the people will not be there said, but when you build them, they would eventually, when David built, David was not the person that built the, temple, the, the tabernacle, the tabernacle of David, but David was the person that built tabernacle. It wasn't even Solomon. It was people that David influenced their lives, that brought gifts to contribute to that to that building. So David built people and people built God, God showed David. Does that make sense? So, God help us in Jesus' name. So, as we it's just important that, you know, as this is Samuel, and you will see it also in Jesus. The Bible says, he grew in stature, in favor before the Lord and men. If it was automatic that once you have favor before God, you have favor before men, then they will not have had this. You'll probably be favor before the Lord. And we are not talking about um, um, high service. That's not what we're talking about. If you look at Samuel, how did Samuel gain favor? Even though God had told him that this and this is what's going to happen, Samuel would, when Eli's children are misbehaving, Samuel will sit before the temple, temp, and you never hear it from Samuel's mouth, that what are these useless boys doing now? Even when, <laughs> you know, when Ellie called Samuel, sorry, when God called Samuel, how many times did God call him? Three times. When Samuel had God the first time, he went to And this will teach us, I hope you understand how God works. Eli said, no, I don't worry, go and sleep. If you were God, what would you do the second time? You will tell him, well, that man doesn't know what he's talking about. He's already out of touch. Let me talk to you directly. God did not do that. He went back to that same person the second time. He said stupid thing. God never. Until Ellie got it right. (laughs) And see, what people will do is that once... They don't see what you're seeing. Automatically, you just ah. No, I I understand what God is saying. <laughs> God never see. There was a time when God spoke to me about such a certain thing, and and these things, it makes my heart jump. And he has been some that is, you know, God told me, but I said, somebody will come and say, "This is what I've said to them." Said, do not argue with them. Tell them that you have had, that you should go and do what they told the God has said. Said, but I want you to know I have not spoken. And what grieves me is that, that person would be so excited that they've had God. But because they cannot discern in the way God wants it to be, then they jump ahead. You know, he sings God. We, it's been a while. I'm not talking about something. But it was something that he really, he really, really grieved my heart. Because I, 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 I could see why God was saying what he's saying. May God help us to understand his word in Jesus' name. Now, see, there is difference between having opportunity and being an opportunist. Some people take opportunity, call or take the opportunity, and they think it's opportunity from God. Opportunism is when you you take you, you take an you take um, uh, a chance or whatever it is, and he said, but at the expense, regardless of ethics and principles. Now, your ethics and principles must be formed from the scriptures or else you would think you are entering an opportunity, but you are not. May God help us in Jesus' name. Now, let's just quickly look at a couple of scriptures and I would hand it Sorry. Amen. So, if you go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter two. I'll love to have. um, Do we have fifty two? Verse fifty two. No, verse fifty two was supposed to be before that. Don't worry. Luke chapter two, verse fifty two. Verse fifty two says. Now the same thing we read about Samuel. Jesus increased in wisdom. And in stature. And in stature. And in favor with God and man. And in favor with God and man. That's Jesus himself. That is verse 52. If you go to verse 51, he now says that he went home with his parents and he was subject to them. He did not have favor with man by speaking in tongues against them, over them. He waits because his opportunity was embedded in these principles that we are talking about. In fact, in verse 46 to 47, the Bible says that when Jesus, after three days in the temple, now, just for us to kind of have an understanding. You know, you read these things and people talk about this, that, you know, when Jesus was going to the temple, his mothers and fathers, they lost him. Oh, pray, but you not lost your blessing. That kind of stuff It's great. <laughs> well let me just tell you what, what, what actually happened and this is why when you when you, when you when you try to read scriptures and understand the setting it, it comes is that the bible says Jesus was 12 and there is something they do in the Jewish tradition up to now they call it bar, uh, bar, mitzvah. bar mitzvah so basically that means that that boy is, is becoming matured so what happens is that the mother takes the child in those days, the mothers will go ahead. The fathers will come after. So may, they may go a day before. So that when the father gets there and they are hungry, the food is ready. So it's not that they are coming there and they say, where's my food? They say, I, we, are, we are just walking together. No, that would, <laughs> would have our food. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? And you, know, uh, and you know, that is how the culture is then. So if there is a bomb on the road, they will have the wife will have, first of all, Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah, God help us in Jesus' name. So so basically, so because the boy was still young, he wasn't following the father to the temple. So the boy took the father to the mother would take the boy to the temple. And after pass, Mitzvah, he comes back with the father. So it wasn't that they were together and they can't find him. So the mother, the father was thinking, oh, this boy, he, he loved his mom. He must have followed his mom. That was why when they got home, they asked where is the boy? And they don't know where he is because the, the wife was saying, I thought, is he, Bamisa, he should be coming with you. And i like, well, you know your boy always likes you, so he should, he'll probably, he'll, he'll probably doesn't care about Bamisa. he would have probably followed me home. But the tradition is that once Bamisa, Bamisa is done, the boy is come, brought into manhood, then he follows the father. So that was what happened. Hallelujah. Amen. So they were not careless. <laughs> so to say. It was just the way the culture was. Now, but what I'm trying to point out is this. The Bible says, and now Jesus, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening and asking questions. Please show me the place where you hear that Jesus was teaching. And the Bible says, they were astonished At the answers he gave. So he knew more than them. But he was. The place of process. For him. When the first miracle of Jesus. John chapter. um, two, Was in Canaan. I love this part. The Bible says. And his glory began to. Uh, is and and sorry and manifested his glory and all his disciples believed him so that means that this miracle is key question why did God not tell Jesus that you needed to do miracle in canaan why was it after this well, no I don't think I just prayed this morning God would have told me if it is time But God, even his own son, he hid it in the test of his character. If he had failed that test, the opportunity would have come and gone. You know, I used to say to, uh, I said, one of the challenges we have as Christians is that we are, we are, we we are we have a mindset that when you do this, God does that. But most of the time, what God uses most is what in the secular world they will call it. Um, um, what's it called? Um, I just thought about it now. Sorry, but when transferable skills, that's how God works. Somebody was talking to me about sex before marriage and things like that. I said, but somebody was telling her that, you know, um, but everybody's having sex before marriage. And nothing is bad. The marriage is wonderful. And I said, okay. I said, the problem is that you're thinking that there has to be a problem in the marriage. But could it be that God is saying, this person has the ability to withstand pressure so, when I'm going to get somebody to lead a church that has billionaires and he has is driving a bicycle, he will not turn that service to raising money. Because no matter what he sees, he's not with Why? Because the, the ability has been tested. So, I said to her, I said, that is a challenge that people are having because Okay, this is the way you see it in the Bible. Please tell me what qualification did David have to lead Israel? God said, "I can see how he's leading goats and animals. He can lead people. Please, how does human beings have anything to do with goats? But patience and the ability to sacrifice his life for them—that was what God saw." transferable skills. So, you know, at times, I was saying so, I said, one of the places where God trains people is marriage. It is it is training ground. It is where that is the only place you can, you know, if you can see vision now and you you are seeing vision but the person now be, annoys you the ability to see correct vision <laughs> will, be, will be tested. That is where God is grooming you. That is why most of the time, when you see the priest, the Levite, he will say, No, I want it. It's a family thing. When he, he, he wants to get a, um, a bishop, he like, said, No, 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 no. This is how you get them if they can perform well at home. Because that is where pressure is. Mm. That is where you go. Somebody will annoy you and you have to pray with them in the money and you have to pray with a clean mind <laughs> that is that is the place of trading you know you can you go oh god you can go and say no ah I, i'm not praying i'm not praying why he has anointed but the same person that you would you you know and your progress is in their hand That is why those things are training ground for God. Because people don't know where God trains His people. People think that the way God trains them, it is it is on it is in the glare of. God doesn't train people. He you know in, in the open. Show me which one in the scripture that you say that God trained people in the open. It is. In the places where they don't see, where was God training? David said, God trained my hand to be able to fight But Where did he train him? It was when he saw Lion coming. David could have said, well, (laughs) excuse me, here. You know, my daddy did not send me here to come and die. (laughs) I can't come and die for animal. (laughs) My life is more valuable. I know my future. But God was using those opportunities for him to get trained. You no. Know, somebody annoys you now. It's happened to me also. Somebody annoys you now. In, 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 in the house and you, and you just walk out. And you want to and God say, no. You will go back in there. And you know at times you would say sorry. God would say no. Say it because I said you are wrong. Not because I am not, you know. (laughs) It's not that are you wrong or right. He said, I am saying you are wrong. So, on that basis, show me that you are wrong by saying you are sorry. You can't do that. And you see people like Babadebui. Under pressure, and he still keeps his calm. You think it's easy, but when they are supposed, to, when you are supposed to get training, say, sir, no, no, God, this is this is what actually happened. Because I, I, I didn't ask you what happened. I said I have made up my mind that you are wrong. You know, that is where God trains people when. You want to say something out of your mind. It's already here. And God is saying, shut up. <laughs> and you are you, you are, you you are shaking on the spot. God say, no, keep quiet. Then you get to a point where you now push something. So that, you know, to, we say we are expressing anger. And things like that. You are failed. Because God has no relevance to what happened. He's training you to the day where you will stand up to preach somewhere and somebody will slap you and you still have to call them and pray for them. That is why... (laughs) See, there was a time when I was ministering somewhere. I prayed for somebody from the bottom of my heart. Heaven knows that day, my heart was, you know, and and the person, and I had the story from somewhere that I did something in the process of prayer. And I was like, I had to call that said, I was so much balling and I wanted to go and minister. I'll never forget that my dad said, this is the test of ministry. You go in there, you minister with all your hearts because their soul matters. And when you see that person, bless them from the bottom of your heart. Don't hold anything against them. This is your training ground. Ah. No, I, you know, some people say, I, 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 My nature is to express everything that's. I, I, I need to clear my mind first before before we can do anything so let us sit down let us talk <laughs> you know ah people are missing training opportunities before god you know no no you see god said we should not be hiding things in our mind so i need to i need to express myself but you don't know that what you're doing is feeding the flesh god help us in jesus name so my time is almost gone. I have just a few minutes. I just want to show you something as we go. 2 Corinthians. This is Paul talking. Please, if you, He said, when I came to the city of Taurus to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord, please take note of this, the Lord opened for me the door of opportunity. So who opened the door? God. Yes ma. He said, but I had no peace in my my mind because my dear brother Titus had not arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on on Macedonia to find him. What was God... Why did God open the door? To test him, it. because it's your value, your own. I know. Uh, um, uh, um. Sorry, I need to. Uh, God has called me. I I know where God is taking me to. The question here was about was he his own ministry or the welfare of the body of Christ? See, I, I, I before. One of, God help us. Before I left the place where we were before, I was, Every is my weakness. I was praying on a daily basis, God, who is the person that you are sending to take over this role? This place cannot be left. No, God has, ah, he has called me, excuse me, he has called me, I need to move on. If he had taken this journey, he would have missed an opportunity. Because by the time he went to Macedonia, you see that the gospel will spread even quicker than what he had met there. So what I'm trying to say is that everything will not, everything how you can dictate opportunities is your character, your person. How much have you developed it? What values are you f- is is pushing you. What values are you making decisions on? I, can, I know what God is saying. Put that to one side. Because I've seen, I've seen people in my shorts joining with God. who I can not confirm it. And you put your hand on your head and you're thinking. He said, God opened the door for me. But because the church had a need, Corinth had a need. There was issues. If you read the book of Corinth, there were so many issues there. And the souls matter to him than what he gets somewhere else. I was saying to someone when I was about, um, I was sent to serve, and a prophet came to me, said God showed me that you have a ministry abroad. He said, but there's also a ministry waiting for you in Bafarawa, Sokoto, you know, at the border of um, Neje. Why would God make a statement like that? Because he wants to test where your allegiance is. Either you want to run abroad or you want to go to Sokoto. Most people have failed because the Jews are abroad <laughs> over Sokoto. Ah, my God is a God of peace and pleasure. He said I will not suffer. and I will not lie to you, I had the best of my life in the desert. So, then we had the opportunity to have a little bit of a canter with this um, book around that is just coming up now. People are just hearing it. Right now. But you know, they said to us one day when we are coming, and I'm closing now, they said to us one day, they said, when we got there, they said, this is where you will know if you're a Christian or not. So, because the one you do in Lagos, where this church will face church shouting at each other, hey, 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 uh, where you not get to proper Christian land, that's where you will know. You know, when you see somebody who has school living certificate, who is the MD of a bank, and somebody because he's a Christian, has a master's, is a clerk. You think that they're not praying. Or God is not there. That is ministry. That's how you will know who's actually serving God. And in a long time when I was there, I've never had them pray about, I want this to, I want to become this or that. No. May God help us all in Jesus' name. So just a couple of things as we go that I believe that there are channels which God has provided for us. One, the altar of prayer. Let's go to, is it, the Bible says, Luke chapter, the Bible says, as Jesus began to pray, his face was altered Then he, and his robe became white and glistening. Please notice, it was his face that was changing before his robe. In the altar of prayer, one of the first things before God deals with your enemy, he wants to deal with you. His first interest is to make sure that you become a better person as you grow. So that opportunities will not be passing you by. So in the altar of prayer, one of the things that God does is that he deals with you, he deals with your flesh. So, when you read again, when, you, when we go on to the next slide, Philippians, he said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart. You will say that God will change the situation. The first thing prayer does is to change you, then it begins to deal with the situations around you. So, in our prayer life with God, it's a place where God uses to build our character as a person. One other thing is fellowship. The Bible says that He said, Exalt one another daily. Why it is called today? Lists you are hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. So when you are in fellowship, one of the things God does is that your, body, your, your mind, your soul becomes fresh, constantly teachable. Constantly teachable. Philippians chapter. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms. Let's go to Psalms. And I will end it here. The Bible says to us that God is forever on a daily basis loading us with benefits. The question is, how much of these benefits can you tap into? God has asked us to do communion once a month. And but I want us to look at this communion from a different point of view. Let's the next slide, please. Hebrews chapter 9. He says, How much more shall the blood of Jesus through eternal, sorry, um, through the eternal Spirit, offered Himself without spot, cleanse our conscience from dead works, so that we can serve God. When we serve the communion, it is God. It is it is an avenue for God to be purging your mind. So that you can be able to fulfill what God wants for you. You know what? My mom used to say to me, the day you do something bad and you don't feel wrong in your heart, your journey before God is gone a long time. That is why as Christians, one of the greatest assets you have is your conscience. Even when everybody is saying to you, oh, that is right, your conscience is saying, I think it's a bit wrong. There are times when, I, when, when I'm preaching or when I want to preach and I'm plan, I plan, what I'm saying, see, it is your conscience that will differentiate between what is good and the perfect will of God. Something may be right, but your conscience will ask you, why are you saying what you're saying? You have not lied. Maybe somebody came in and that person has been feeling that you have not, you you would not, or maybe somebody has a problem, whatever it is, just as an example. So God now did something for you. You now say, please give me seven songs. It is, what you have done is not wrong. But your conscience, if it is not dead, will be done now and say, why do you need seven songs? So when you all line up and say, oh, I give God praise, it's your conscience that will be telling you you're going too far. That is the part that you need as a Christian. That's why the Bible says the blood of Jesus purges your conscience. See, there's a lot of things that say, you know, hey, this is not wrong. It's not, But your conscience, if it's alive, will tell you that there are certain things you should not be doing. Like when I'm, my, even at all my times, I thank God for God's development. And I'll go, I go, you know, you want to say something, your conscience will be saying, you know, y- y- something has happened. You now wait for the appropriate time. You want to say, no, what you are saying is not wrong. But the timing is to, in a time when you would, you know, when you would touch the bone of the other person. So you just drop it there. And at times, my conscience will be saying, that is wrong. You need your conscience to be alive. To be able to determine the perfect seasons and making the best of what God is doing. If your conscience is not fully alive, there is a problem. You'll be saying that, hey, okay, tell me what have I done now that that is right or wrong, that is wrong. They will not be able to tell you that what is wrong, wrong, because all you have done, you've done it by the book. But your conscience, if it is alive, will be telling you, you know what you're doing is wrong. Some people will do something so good so that you cannot have any leg to stand on. But your conscience is saying, you know what you're doing. May God help us in Jesus' name. That's why when I was listening, I was taking time. So, I hope anybody will listen to it about Ben Heen's um, message. Please listen to it. Forget about, forget about, see, that man is a man of God and he remains so. But he said something when he said, Are you responding to criticism? He said, no. He said, This is the question of my soul. And I said to my wife, I said, If people don't listen now, you may not have, when it comes to your own time, you may not have the opportunity he has to repent. Because you were warned before you stu- took those steps. So what I'm trying to say is that this is a question of your soul, the question of your mind. You know within yourself that maybe you need God to rave your conscience so that he it can, it can be... Um, so I think Tom, more patience, small, the sir. Let us stand up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.